Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors here at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about our Second Students ministry, check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Second Students West. Enjoy the message. So Acts chapter 9 is where we're at today. And so far in Acts chapter 9, there's a character named Saul. And Saul is, is not the guy from the Old Testament that was the king. Saul is the guy who later becomes Paul. His life is changed, and then his name is changed. So Saul was a guy who hunted Christians because this is post-Jesus' death. And he hunted them down to make sure they were eradicated from being able to share about Jesus Christ. Because the Jews, and, and Saul was a Jew, he was also a Pharisee, they did not want the name of Jesus to be spoken. They didn't want the message of Jesus to be shared, and Saul was a part of that crew. And so he hunted, he hunted these, he's, these people down, and on his way to Damascus, Jesus appears to him in a blinding light, and he is blinded after a conversation with Jesus for three days. And this radically changes his life. It radically changes his perspective. And then he, Jesus comes to a guy named uh, Ananias, and he sends Ananias to Paul's house to be with him for three days and then also to pray over him so that the scales that have blinded Paul's eyes were released. And so Paul is able to see again. And with, the, with, with a new line of sight, with a new perspective, Paul begins to share the message of Jesus, okay? Where before he shared the message of God and how he was against Jesus, he began to share the message of God and how it worked in unison with Jesus. And this is so, this is so powerful for where uh, Saul was in this day and time. Because remember, there were people hunting people who talked about Jesus. And a switch flipped in Saul's life, and he became the biggest proponent for Jesus Christ that really I can think of, and maybe that the Bible shows, in history, post-Jesus' death. And so uh, Saul is in Damascus, all right? He's in Damascus, and he is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And Acts chapter 9 Verse 23 is the first verse that we're going to read today. We're actually going to read 23 through 25 right here. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. That's Saul. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. So Saul was in Damascus sharing Jesus. Lives were being changed. People began to follow Saul because they wanted to know more about Jesus. They wanted to hear the story about Jesus and their lives, just like Saul's life, just a few verses earlier, had been changed radically. And the Jews did not like it. The Pharisees did not like it. And they were out to get him. They wanted him gone. They wanted him dead. They wanted him removed. And so in the middle of the night, Saul's followers, his disciples, literally put him in a basket and lowered him through an opening in the wall. This is like the best game of hide and seek, okay? Because Saul 
consistently does this, as you read in the book of Acts and through the rest of, of Scripture. Saul consistently goes out and talks about uh, the Scripture, talks about Jesus Christ, and then has to run away. And there are times he gets caught, right? Uh, but most of the time, he's really good at this hide-and-seek game. You know, my kids, they love playing hide-and-seek. It's like their favorite thing. But their game is not so much hide-and-seek. It's more like hide-and-hello, okay? So the way they play hide-and-seek is they, they grab a blanket, they put it over the top of themselves, lay down flat on the ground. We did this so many times yesterday. Lay down flat on the ground and then go, Daddy, where am I? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you're right there. And, but, but I act like it. I go, okay, I'm looking for you, right? And I walk around and I, and I try to search for them. And then if I give them enough time, they throw the blanket over the face and they go, hey, or they yell, hello, or they just laugh. And it's, it is so funny and so refreshing to get to be in those moments with my kids. But that's not how Paul played it, right? And that's not actually how the game of hide and seek's played. They don't understand the concept that it's not hide and hello, it's hide and seek. And this moment that we see Paul getting lowered down in the basket through the wall, he is, he is, he is taking the opportunity to get out alive. But what, I, but what I want to call to your attention today is not the fact that he got out of the basket, that he got out of the city in a basket. There's a small detail in, in this passage that really stuck out to me when I read it the other day. And it's this line, day and night, this is verse 24, day and night, they, that's being the Jews, kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. My question today is, who is guarding the gates to your city? Or let me rephrase it, what is guarding the gate to your heart? What is standing in the forefront of all the information you look through saying what's okay to go into your heart and what's okay to come out? What is it? You see, in, in this city of Damascus, it was the Jews who hated Christians who were standing at the gates deciding who was going to come in and who was going to go out. What was okay to be let in and what was not okay to be let out? And right now in this moment, Saul is, is in a run, on the run for his life because people in this city have made the decision that it's not okay for him to be there. And he is, he is trying to get out. He is trying to live life, and his disciples sneak him down and out through an opening in the wall. So there are three things that, that, that this passage says that you need to write down and that we need to take to heart. The first one is this. Paul shared Christ boldly and faced opposition for it. He faced people that didn't like him, and he was okay with it. People watched Paul, both followers and haters. And when the pressure closed in, there was a way out. You see, Saul had people who watched him before his conversion. Saul had haters before his conversion. And then he met with Jesus. He was converted to Christianity. And those parties literally completely flip-flopped. And Paul began to share Christ boldly in the face of opposition. And people didn't like him for it. And people continued to watch him. People continued to follow him. And people continued 
to try to set him free and capture him, both and. But here's what's crazy. In this passage, when the pressure closed in, there was a way out. And for most of our lives, for most of us, the same is true, that in your life and in my life, there, there's pressure in our lives in one direction or another, at, at some point or another. There's always ups and downs. And in the times that there are so, there's so much pressure, there's so much anxiety, there's so much stress, God provides us a way out. He provides us a window to walk through. He provides us a basket to get down on the wall and slip all the way out. So here's what it means. Here's what this passage means for us, okay? And you need to take this, you need to apply this to your life. Because this passage, what it means for us is we get to choose who guards our gate. Damascus, this city, chose who was guarding the gate. They chose, to cho- they chose people who were hostile against Saul to guard the gate so that they would catch him. We get to choose what we allow through our gate. They got to choose who came in and who came out. They probably inspected everyone who came in and came out because the Bible says they were watching for Saul. And the third thing is when we allow the wrong things to guard the gate, we push the right things out. You see, Paul was a great thing for the city of Damascus. Yet the Jews guarding the gate, trying to put the clamps down, forced him out. But the good news is when we allow the right things to guard the gate, the wrong is pushed out. And here's what's awesome. Jesus, way before this this particular time, Jesus said in John 10.10, okay, very simply, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. You see, there are different things in our lives that we allow to be our gate, or we allow to guard the gate to our hearts, whether it's approval, respect, popularity, good looks, sports, success, grades, the list goes on and on and on of the things we allow to be the gates to our heart. We allow to be the gates to our lives. We allow to be the gates that define what we do and how we look and how we react to different situations and certain people. We allow these things to be our gates. But Jesus Christ says, and and Paul, the way he stood and the way he lived his life, Jesus Christ says, I am the gate. And what's awesome is even though right now you may be sitting here and thinking, man, you know what? Approval is what guards my life. It is the gate that guards my life. You can choose to allow Jesus Christ to be the gate to your life. And when you choose to let Jesus Christ be the gate to your life, to be the one who's guarding your heart, who's guarding the information that comes in and out, you too can be saved. Now, what does that mean? The passage continues in verse 9. It says that the sheep, that's us, right? We're the sheep who follows the shepherd, right? In and out of the gate, that's Jesus. He says they will come in and go out and find pasture, or they will freely move about and find peace and have peace. The thief comes only to steal, 
kill, and destroy. But I, this is Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What the enemy will use to keep Christ out, Christ will use to let joy, peace, and love in. That's such a critical word for me and for you. You see, all of our lives have guards and have gates. And what we allow to be the forefront of our attention, of our time, of our constant daily routine is what is defining what we let in and out of our lives. So today, choose. Choose to allow Jesus to be the one who guards and is your gate, who guards your life and is your gate, who decides what gets in and what what gets out. What the enemy will use to keep Christ out, Christ will use to let joy, peace, and love 